I'm Andrea Collins. And I'm Shelly Zorn. This is Let's Talk Thomasville, a podcast about storytelling through perspectives of the past, our value of today, and our imagination for tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Thomasville 2023. We're excited to introduce our first guest speaker for uh, the new year and just in time for spring, um, Lindy Savelle with Georgia Grown Citrus at Jonina Farms. Welcome to Let's Talk Thomasville. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're happy that you're here. And of course, my counterpart, Shelly, is um, joining me today and we are here to talk about trees. Just in time for spring. That's right. Citrus trees. Citrus trees, to be exact. So tell us a little bit about how you came into the citrus business, citrus tree business. Okay. Previously, my career was in federal law enforcement. And so when we were thinking about retirement, we kept thinking, what can we do? Should we come back to South Georgia where we grew up? What should, you know, should we retire and go sit at the beaches in Florida or what, what to do and we decided to come back to these two small farms we have one in Thomas County and one in Mitchell County so then we're like well now what are we going to do on these small farms and we just I would do the research I was actually working overseas and I do the research and tell my husband Perry um, go check out this or go check out that and he'd go to all that send him all the register and send him all these conferences <laughs> and he would go and say no we're not doing that we're not <laughs> i don't think that's a good idea and so we just kept you know making a list and and scratching through different things and then one day at lunch uh we my brother actually handed me a folder he had been to a citrus conference and said well here's one you can check out and so we started poking around in citrus and just I just went back overseas did more research on it and citrus is that one thing that you can do with not a lot of equipment it's not a huge capital investment with equipment and so citrus was the thing that ended up working for us and it's, you both agreed on it we, and we both agreed because <laughs> that's a big shift from federal law enforcement to farming well, yeah honey, that's a big shift <laughs> It is. It's, is it it's, what you expected when you were making these plans? Is there something that has surprised you or that you've learned that maybe was unexpected? Well, Shelly, when I was, I grew up on a tobacco farm. Okay, so farming I, does not surprise you. Well, okay. but I said, <laughs> I said when I went off to college, never. I would never, never say nothing never. to, never nothing say to never. do with farming. <laughs> And so I often say, if they could see me now, like if you could have seen me probably, mm. what, an hour ago, you know, <laughs> dirt under the fingernails and wet clothes and, you know, wet hair and everything. It, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very rewarding, I guess you'd say job that I'm doing now, uh, but very different, very different, uh, but, but relaxing mm-hmm. in, in some aspects. So probably before more mental stress, and this is probably... Physical. Even though it's hard physical work, it's probably good for you outside yes. and yeah. So sunshine. how long ago has it been since Georgia Grown Citrus was established? 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. So two years, three years prior to pandemic, and then when the pandemic hit, did you feel? Did you feel like were there any obstacles that you faced during that period of time, or did you feel like it kind of gave you an opportunity to really plug into the land and? 
perfect your craft? The pandemic actually helped us a bit because, you know, everyone then started ordering things online. So we had established our online business for shipping trees and fruit. So, you know, people were all about, well, I'm going to start growing whatever in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And we, we noticed people were, you know, interested in, can I grow mm -hmm. trees here? Can I grow trees in my backyard? Can I grow trees in a pot? So you had an influx and do-it-yourselfers? Influx. <laughs> Matter of fact, we had to we had to hire someone to take the customer service calls and emails. Wow. So that's one unforeseen huh, piece of business that you never yeah. would have considered. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I mean, tell us what you're doing now this time of year in the spring. What's the focus on the farm in the spring? Well, we are still surprising ourselves and grow continuing to grow. And sooner or later, I think we've got to say, okay, this is it. But we're growing we're increasing our greenhouse capacity we've learned a lot about what kind of trees people want a commercial grower the type tr they want a tree where it doesn't have any branches you know 18 inches off the ground whereas a homeowner might want that so we we've we've changed some things about our business but this time of the year we're getting ready to kick off planting season and we, we usually tell everyone, don't plant before Easter. But, you know, Easter this year is way into April. Mm -hmm. So last year we had a kickoff day, April 2nd, and it felt like it was a little late because, you know, it's warming up here and people are anxious to get trees and get them ready to plant. If we they, planted our garden too soon last year. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it felt like it does now, and it was beautiful and warm, and then you always get one more little yeah, frost snap, and so that's what we say. it killed some things, and then we learned. Yeah, so I'll wait a little bit this year. <laughs> well, that's what we say about, you know, you're always going to have that little cold snap before Easter. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're encouraging people to, to wait a little longer to plant the trees, but we are going to kick off our um, citrus, sale, citrus tree sales uh, in mid-March in, in just three weeks. So how would one know about these citrus tree sales and where, where you're we, located? Yeah, well, we put a sign on Highway 19, you know, just uh, north of Thomasville. And for our listeners that don't know really where, maybe that where that's at, because oh, we do have some newcomers, you know, oh, from the north that have <laughs> migrated down to the south. They're like, where's... And even people, I'm shocked, who listen to the podcast that maybe grew up here, but they're, you know, living in Washington, D.C. now or whatever. So you're in O'Clockney, right? We are north in of Thomasville. We're in O'Clockney. Okay. No okay. North of O'Clockney out on our farm. Okay. Um, so if you're driving, you'll see a sign. Mm -hmm. But if you're just, if you want it, we also have online where we can ship trees to you. Um, we have a... GeorgiaGrownCitrus.com is our website. You Google Georgia Grown Citrus, you can find us. Um, and you know, lots of people like to just, even though they're located, we had we had a gentleman drive from Mississippi this morning. Wow. Yeah. To get 40 trees. And he, he found said, you online or online? Online. Yeah. And you think there's nobody in Mississippi that's doing that? <laughs> that the he varieties drive here. Yeah. Well, we have a hundred and something varieties. Okay. Okay. So he was he he wanted a certain variety that we had. What was it? Five five uh, different kind of trees, I think, five or six. Gotcha. And so he sent the list, and we we got them ready. And so when you got started back in 2018, how many varieties did you start with? Oh goodness, Can probably you five or six. So five or six, and now how many varieties do you think you guys? 
It's over a hundred that we have. Now, some of them we've already sold out of. Really? Mm -hmm. What are your best sellers? Well, the best seller that we have is probably the Meyer Lemon. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to give that as gifts. Really? Very fragrant. Everybody knows what a Meyer Lemon is. So that's a best seller. So we don't ever run out of that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but then we, we've started to branch out into these little unique varieties, like some of these that I brought to, uh, to, to show you all. But um, if people collect citrus, they, they, they have a tendency to want those unique varieties that no one else has. Sure. sure. So, but it's a hundred and, you know. So some of those unique varieties, can you can you share with our listeners what those look like and, and who are who are those buyers? Are they chefs? Or are they just cooks, well, you know, you know, like Sherry's daughter? Yeah, who, yeah. Who are these people going after these these unique varieties of citrus? Collectors, citrus collectors, a lot of them just uh, well I I didn't realize there were citrus them. collectors. Yeah, but mm -hmm. you brought us some, and it might be hard to describe to listeners, but she brought us four plants because springtime is time to sell these plants. So let's start with this one. Tell us what this is and see if we can describe it. Okay. To our listeners. Yeah, so the name is an Australian fingerline. So it produces a fruit that is about the size of your middle finger. It <laughs> looks like a tiny uh, baby brown banana hmm. and uh, when you cut it, it so that's why they call it a finger lime mm -hmm. it's from australia so australian finger lime but when you cut it the vesicles of citrus when you think about an orange the mm -hmm. inside of it the vesicles are teardrop shaped well the australian finger lime the vesicles are round ah. so when you take that lime and you cut it it oodles out these round vesicles of juice that looks like caviar so this tree is actually called citrus caviar and you could use it so we carry a we carry a, a red one and a green one and then we have a, a giant finger line which produces a fruit that's about the size of a cucumber and uh and what is the flavor profile of this australian finger lime, lime. is it it's limey is it very limey. limey and so a lot of restaurants and bars like like the finger uh, line because it's very decorative you can you can put it on the top of ice cream you can put it on key lime pie sushi fish margarita uh, glasses so it's pretty so just this one you brought us is pretty small and i would say what a foot and a half two feet at the most two feet tall. how how long does it take to grow to maturity where it's producing a fruit that depends on its rootstock okay so uh -huh. we grow dwarf trees and then we grow traditional trees so if you we sh we have shipped from uh washington state to maine so a person living in maine they want a dwarf tree because okay. obviously they're not going to be putting it in the ground uh-huh so we we they're going to put it in a pot they're going to put it in okay. a pot all right mm -hmm. so a, a dwarf tree could get about four to six feet tall. They would keep it trimmed back. Mm -hmm. You put it in a pot so you move it in and out. Okay. And uh, these trees will, well, you can see the blooms on some of these already, and they're they're baby trees. Mm -hmm. They're probably about a year old already. What's the second one here? So the second one, that's a yuzu lemon, strictly a culinary lemon. And are those the little lemons there, or is that's that the a bloom that bloom. will turn into a lemon? Awesome. Okay. About one half of one percent of the blooms on a full-grown tree 
will produce a fruit. That's a lot of blooms dropping. Mm-hmm. But a yuzu is, you know, normally when you think of a lemon, when you're cooking, you think of, you squeeze it and put it on at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Well, a yuzu is a Japanese lemon, and it you, you use it throughout the cooking process, and it maintains its flavor through the heat. Oh, so and it and this this tree is very very cold hardy. It'll go to ten degrees. And what about itself. heat? <laughs> it's um, fine, I guess, because it's citrus. Heat heat will shut down citrus. If it gets extremely hot, it'll mm-hmm. shut shut it down from growing. Okay. Just like coal will stop mm-hmm. it from growing. Huh. So, so that's got, a yuzu lemon. So we've got the Australian finger lime, and then we've got the yuzu lemon. Mm-hmm. And, and then this one is my favorite, just because it's pretty. <laughs> Well, I like that, the blooms. Well, so yeah. the listeners know what you're looking at, Shelly. Yeah. It, I would say that if I had to describe it, it looks like a hybrid of a azalea bloom <laughs> with a dogwood bloom. I was in thinking a way. dogwood. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's what it looks like. And what's this one called? This is a New Zealand lemonade. But you asked me earlier, Shelly, about how soon to make fruit. Mm-hmm. Look. <sighs> It, it already, already has. has. It already has fruit. Very small. It's about a foot, foot and a half high, and it's mm-hmm. already got fruit, and it's very fragrant. Mm-hmm. Mm. It smells really good. And so it already has fruit. And what we tell people is these trees are going to try to produce fruit right away because that's what they do. They mm-hmm. make fruit. <laughs> As a commercial grower, you, you want to pull that fruit off for the first couple of years because it does slow down the growth rate of the tree. So if you leave the fruit on there, its energy is going to produce that towards producing that fruit. So if you pull all the fruit off as a commercial grower, it, it's going to make the tree yeah. stronger. At what point are you pulling the fruit when it's in its baby infancy it, stage yes. as a bud? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a little bigger than that. Okay. Pull it off. Mm-hmm. I see. So, but as I tell people, as, as a homeowner, you're not in it for production. Right. You're in it for that fruit and the experience uh-huh. and being able to go out in your backyard and pull that fruit off. Yeah. So if you want to let it keep a, a few pieces of fruit, what's that going to hurt really? Okay. It's 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 all about you know the the experience of being a citrus grower. But <laughs> so. if, if if you are a homeowner and you would like to purchase one of these trees, and it, it's a, about a year old. Do you recommend that that they do treat it like a commercial grower if they're looking for it to produce I would, a lot? What I tell people is, you know, if you want it, like this one's going to have a lot of uh, pieces of fruit on it, I would recommend pulling some of that off. Okay. And it may naturally abort anyway mm, uh-huh. um, because it will only hold on to what it can what it what it can hold interesting how did you learn all of this in such a short time was it research experience association that you belong to mm-hmm. all it, of the above all I don't of know. the above okay go to meetings like tomorrow i'm going to a uh-huh. meeting in florida to learn um getting involved in the association and and just reading and really a lot of trial and error how did you know about this association to get involved you i'm just, sorry how did you know about the association for citrus growers to well, get involved. The, uh, the, the association was actually, I went to the county extension agent who was kind of the guru over citrus and said, you know, we, we need an association to bring all of these few farmers together throughout the state. It was about 27 of us that met and we formed the association in October. We actually did that in October of 16. Okay, so you were part of forming the association. Mm-hmm. And I've served as the president 
since then. <laughs> <laughs> since then. I love how you said that. So how many uh, members are part of the association? About 150. And are they all state of Georgia? No. 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 We've got some folks from Alabama, a lot from Florida, South Carolina. So, so it's not state specific. Mm-mm. It's, it's Georgia Citrus Association, but we, we have members from other surrounding sister states that grow citrus. Very interesting. I hate to bring us back to the other question, but there's one more tree that's hanging out over there. And we've got to <laughs> show it a little we bit of love. It. We left it behind. We did. We can't distracted. do this We got distracted. So this, this is actually beautiful. a pink variegated lemon, Eureka lemon. Mm. And when you say variegated, it is variegated three ways. Its leaves are green and white variegation. Love that. Mm-hmm. The, the fruit itself is green and yellow oh. on the outside. I should have brought one that actually had a little. You can't tell, but that one's green and, and yellow. And then the inside of the fruit is pink. Pink variegated Eureka lemon. Oh, you have brought so, four of the most unique mm, citrus trees that I didn't even know existed. existed. <laughs> you can make, uh, well, everybody knows what a, you know, an orange tree or a Valencia sure. or a Satsuma, but these are, they're really unique. And um, of course, we'll have all these at our citrus tree day, but uh, this one, you make pink lemonade with it. Oh, I love that. So, so oh, to our wow. listeners, they can't just go to like your, um, a franchise or big box retail garden facilities and department store that we all know and and purchase this i mean this is this is extremely unique yes yeah it is and one thing too if i can just elaborate on that question a little bit in georgia in the surrounding area we do get cold here so if mm-hmm. you want to grow citrus you need your tree on a cold hardy rootstock grafted budded we we bud our trees on a cold hardy rootstock meaning that if you buy it you, you don't necessarily know what you're getting at a box store it might mm-hmm. not even be on a rootstock it could be grown from a cut a cutting or clipping mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for our area, that that won't be good because mm-hmm. it just won't tolerate. You know, we had we had 17 in December here mm-hmm. in Thomas County, so yeah. it will not survive the freeze. And so, what did Joe Nina do during that cold, cold freeze? What do you do in that situation when you have how many acres? Well, we we have about a thousand trees. Um, we do a lot of praying, <laughs> but to we freeze protected our trees. Uh-huh. We use a microjet system that has uh, uh, an emitter, a microjet emitter about a foot off the ground. That basically you're putting, we put 14 gallons per hour per tree um, at the bud union where that tree is grafted. Mm-hmm. So the the idea of that is if the foliage of the, you know, say your tree's six feet tall and the top part of the tree gets burned off because of the cold weather, you still have a tree because you have saved that union where it was budded or grafted together, and it'll all grow back. You just cut off what died back. That makes sense. you still have a tree. So did you, did you lose any during the, the, the frost? We don't think we did. Fantastic. We, and we've got, we've got some limes and pretty risky varieties out there in the field. Hmm. But so far, it looks pretty good. So, so when is uh, your tree day? When, when are you? It's March 18th. Okay. 
to Saturday, nine okay. to three, and nine we will three. not open the gate before nine. <laughs> <We> <laughs> no just, matter what. <laughs> yeah. Well, we you just can't do that. You right. Know, you advertise, right. but we um, last year we did it April second, and people were were lined up to get trees. They were ready they to know, They know these trees are um, grafted on that cold-hardy rootstock, and we are USDA, Georgia Department of Ag certified trees. So we get inspected once a month and tested twice a year. That's important because, mm-hmm. you know, disease. So Very important. Can you tell us a little bit about the disease? I, um, the listeners may not be aware, but I had the opportunity to, to tour the farm, and you took us through the greenhouse, and it was really interesting learning experience how important it is to make sure you're not bringing in disease and how quickly it can spread if maybe you do go to Lowe's and you buy a tree, and if it does have a disease, how quickly it can really ruin the livelihood of our, our citrus growers. The, the, in our ex- experience and research here in Georgia, the one thing that spreads disease more than anything mm-hmm. are people, us. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily know that we've we have a disease tree and we don't properly take care of you know getting it off our clothing or our shoes or our leather belt. Um, so that's why we have an, a, a certified greenhouse that you have to go through all this spray down and put your feet in this this bath to get to try to minimize any spread of disease. But trees disease is spread by air, water, by us, by clipping tools, hand tools, you know, clippers where you'll, you'll clip off some part of one tree and then you go to the next tree and it, if the first one had disease, you could spread it that way. Mm. And then the other way to spread disease is obviously pest. Mm-hmm. So in Florida, there is cit- citrus greening, which has decimated 70 to 80% of the groves in Florida. Wow, that's significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 80% of their production has been lost to citrus greening and, hur- and hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, the vector for that disease is something called an Asian citrus psyllid. It's one-sixth to one-tenth of an inch in size. Mm-hmm. So Almost we, invisible. <laughs> almost. <laughs> and so we, we tell people, you know, don't buy trees at a roadside stand. If you're buying a tree for $9, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's a reason because it's probably not been grown in a protected environment. Um, so disease is huge. We we have a commercial industry here in Georgia that um, you know we're approaching 4,000 acres, which is not doesn't sound like a lot. I mean, one farmer can grow 4,000 acres of peanuts or cotton, but citrus is one acre of citrus. And I don't know where this statistic came from, but I've been told this numerous times. One acre of citrus is like 100 acres of a row crop. Oh, wow. So 4,000, you know, is, is quite significant, 4,000 acres of citrus. How many trees do you think that would equate to on average? That is, multiply that on average, uh, 150 per acre. Wow. That's, per some acre. people plant less, some people plant a lot more, but that's the number that we kind of use. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So... 600,000 trees. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's the trees that we, and the acres we, we kind of know about. There's a lot of people that are putting in trees that we don't know about yet. Mm. So it's, it is so still... So it's a growing market, for sure. So you have learned so much in a short amount of time about the farming side and the plant side. 
What would you tell our listeners you've learned the most like on the business side, being a small business owner, entrepreneur, it's totally different than what oh. you did before. <laughs> like, what's your biggest lesson learned on on that side? And there, you and your husband sharing responsibility. We have a lot of couples here in Thomasville. It seems like the gentleman is the creative, and the woman is the marketing and business side. They like have their specific Strings. areas. Yeah. Do you, do you have y'all divided responsibilities, or you're in there together? Well, Perry will be the first to tell you that we do a lot of things well together, but the thing we do the best together is work together. Okay. It's, that's... it's kind of the thing that sold him, I think, maybe, I don't know if that sold him on marrying me. <laughs> but uh, That's but very unique. You don't hear unique. many couples say that. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and he also says someone has to lead and someone has to follow. Okay. And uh, he Who's does the not leader? want to lead. He does <laughs> okay. So you're the leader. So, that's why you're here today. Okay. And he, and, and, you know, and, and as far as the question about what have I learned, yeah. um, coming from a position in, in my previous career where you had definite lines of delineation as to what your responsibilities and, and job duties were, mm-hmm. and when you become a small business owner and entrepreneur, you have to do it all. Mm-hmm. Sweep the trash out of the trailer to, mm-hmm. you know, do a Zoom call with whomever. Um, you know, last week I was in Atlanta um, trying to meet with legislators about getting funding for University of Georgia citrus breeder and citrus research specialist that the industry needs. Mm-hmm. So one day you'll be sweeping head. the floor and the next day, mm-hmm. yeah, many hats. Yeah, you got to do it all. Yeah. So you got to be a multitasker, wear many hats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and one thing I have begun to realize is that you can't do it all. You're going to have to have help. Have to have help. We've heard that over and over again as we've interviewed different businesses in every different sector, but it, over the time they thread. learned that, you know, you think you want, you want to do it all, you know, but that mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask for help because there may be a CPA that's an expert in this area that can help you and a marketing person and yeah. And a mentor, yeah. just having a mentor, yeah. someone who you can continue yeah. to bounce ideas off of because it can get a little overwhelming and um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the common thread is don't be afraid to ask for help. And once you make that move, it really does take your business in a different. Mm-hmm. And I bet being a part of that association is, I know for me, I have an association of economic developers. And that's where I get all my best advice and all my best ideas. And, you know, you can call somebody that does the same thing as you. There's nobody else here in this community that does it. So I can call another yeah. community and they can tell me, you know, all their best advice. Sharing it's, is caring. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> what do you call it? R&D? Rip off and duplicate. duplicate. <laughs> well, we, we've been very fortunate in the state of Georgia to be supported by the University of Florida for, uh-huh. for quite some time. Huh. Because, I mean, Florida's the sunshine state. And they know. Right? They've and, got the, yeah, the years of experience. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're trying to get Georgia to stand, uh, you know, sooner or later, little brother has to grow up and become its own person and right. a little sister for that matter mm-hmm. so they're they're helping us do that they're helping us That's with great that um, they're mentoring you mm-hmm. to do that well yeah. and if you know 80 percent 60 to 80 percent of their uh, crop is yeah has just been decimated 
I can imagine that you can learn Georgia, Georgia and the other can learn counties, yeah, or states can learn from mm-hmm. what not to do. What not to do. Well, and that's one of the things that we definitely, we listen to Florida and California because, you know, disease and, um, but yeah, and, and people say, well, you know, if they find a, a cure for citrus greening one day, you know, that'll, that, that'll be great. But Florida go back to planting all this citrus. And, and I said, well, hold on now. Look at what happened to the groves in Florida. They were developed. Mm-hmm. So there's only so much farmland and grove land is down Can't in Florida. Can't build farmland, can you? So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's not going to change what we can do here in Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, well, as we're wrapping up, Lindy, how do you, where do you see Georgia-grown citrus going over the next five, ten years? What do you see? What do you envision? I hope to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You envision that they are the future of your company. The proper right. succession well, planning. Yes, we are in the process of doing is uh, trying to incorporate our children into that's important because this yeah. business is on our farm mm-hmm. and uh, you know you, you don't want to develop this huge business and and then then you have this skeleton of greenhouses and, and the shop and everything we are doing uh, we are pivoting uh, I, I've when I retired I wanted to do something to give back to my community so we are instead of it being just all about business we are trying to develop more of the agritourism aspect so that we can work with um more education and that sort of thing i love that so does our schools people uh, mm -hmm, and teach children and and young people about we can grow citrus and this is a career for you and this is yeah opportunity opportunity. i'm I'm excited about that aspect of it is I don't know about all these school field trips yet, but <laughs> I was going to push my husband over the edge, but, <laughs> but it is important because, you know, the average age of a farmer is going up, up, up mm-hmm. and citrus. Yes, it's farming, but it is something that you can do on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think it's important that we kind of, educate expose this generation mm-hmm. to yeah where their food comes from yeah very important um, mm-hmm. and we're also trying to work more uh into in instead of uh, corporations well i was just just talking this morning about you know fruit and vegetables and all of that is important to our nutrition mm-hmm. and just just trying to get corporations more engaged with uh, sending their employees to a farm mm-hmm. instead of just a grocery store where it seems so easily mm-hmm. received. Yeah. So we're 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 kind of hashtag we live can, well. Or, that's something we may can help you with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I think you're being clearly a great corporate citizen, if you will, um, and looking at it beyond just business basics and profit and more so on the humanitarian side of things and the importance of education. That's awesome. Is that how you squeeze the day every day? Yeah. Waking up in the morning? Squeeze the day? Squeeze the day. That's squeeze the day. That's my my signature. Uh I love it. I love getting an email from you because it says squeeze the day and it just makes me feel automatically excited. (laughs) I mean, even when you have to send an email that's maybe not as is you know exciting <laughs> when you put that at the bottom you know it, it gets just, people's attention yeah it, it's it different. just kind of gives you a feel good smile kind of yeah. yeah well we really appreciate we're so glad that you came back here came back home <laughs> and we really appreciate you investing in thomas county the way you have so 
Um, um, we want to get we we want to definitely be, um, you know, a, a, a stakeholder in Thomas County. My husband grew up here in Thomas mm-hmm, County. I grew mm-hmm. up in Mitchell County, so this door. is kind of this is home. This is our give back too. It's just it's not all about like I said. It's not all about the money. It's about the yeah right. What you do to make a difference. Yeah. So. Well, we're excited to to be here with you. And once again, before we conclude, can you tell our listeners when? Um, the tree sale goes on when they can show up out at Jonina Farm. Jonina? Jonina. Jonina. I always get it confused. <laughs> um, what, what's the date and the time? March 18th, 9 to 3. March 18th, 9 to 3. And then you recommend planting these beautiful trees, citrus trees, sometime after after that Easter? Date. After Easter. After, okay. Yeah, after Easter would be really great, but for sure after that date. Okay. And I think that's a, you know, I don't want to have them come out and get trees and then have an oops with the late freeze. Okay, fantastic. Well, we hope that we see you out there on March 18th 18th from 9 to 3. Okay, (laughs) perfect. Thanks, listeners, for listening. We appreciate you coming and sharing with us about your business.